we got a new super cool party people only party giveaway people. <laughs> for it's you. It's only for party people. <laughs> if you are not a party person, you just don't listen. Get out. <laughs> yeah. A fun March giveaway for y'all because we just like to give stuff away. It's yeah. just like a fun little way to spice things up. It is. And March is just like a cool month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I the March and uh, I don't know. Patrick's I don't know why my brain went there. <laughs> I don't either. That was unique. <laughs> yeah. St. Patrick's Day is probably a more <laughs> festive. <laughs> um. So for our March giveaway, we've got some cool stuff. We have a Art History Babes T-shirt in black. We classic, classic, classic black. Classic black. Uh, we have a really cool book about some. It's it's uh, drawings by some Venetian masters. Tiepolo. Yeah. Ginny on the Italian over there. Mm-hmm. And then we've also got a Rauschenberg inspired mug, some white sage for mm. for witchy vibes, also just general good smells. Yeah. White sage, cone incense, not actual white sage. Yes, yeah, incense. Incense vibes. And we got a Norman Rockwell puzzle. So really a, a wide array of <laughs> of Related goods feast. Yeah, definitely. For you. Definitely. It's a fun giveaway, I think. And to be entered to win, all you have to do is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash arthistorybabes, and become a patron and help support the production of this podcast and other Art History Babes content. Every dollar that you pledge to the Art History Babes is an entry. So $1 a month, that's one entry. $5 mm-hmm. a month, that's five entries. And if you're wondering yourself, hey, I'm already a patron, I'm screwed. I can't be a part of this super cool party people you're giveaway. Not you're not. All you got to do is up your pledge. If you up your pledge by a couple dollars, then you get a couple entries. So everyone has a chance to enter yes. however many times you would like. This is for the duration of March. So from March 1st to March 31st. Mm. <laughs> that feels right. Yeah, there's 30, 31 days of March. Um, sure. If you get on our Patreon from the 1st through the 31st, your entries will be counted. And mm-hmm. then at the beginning of April, we will pull a name out of a hat. It's going to be a good time. It is. From Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie. I'm Ginny. And we are the Art History Babes. And today we have two very special guests on the show. Say hi, guys. (laughs) 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 That's your cue. Um, Today we are chatting with Jason Chase and Dr. Colin Preston. If you have listened to our episode all about the color black, paint it black, uh, we talked about a very special black that has hit the scene recently called Singularity Black. And Jason and Colin are right at the forefront of that. They're creating it and using it, and it's very exciting. And they donated their time to come talk to us about it and tell us about the science behind it and its artistic applications and all of that. So we're very excited to have them here. 
Excited to be here. Thanks, yeah, excited to be song. here. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Tell us a thing or two about what you're about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So I met Jason through a class that he taught at a bar. Like every good partnership, we met at a bar. You know, <laughs> classic yeah. American love story. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, at that time, I was involved with a project that Nanolab was leading with NASA developing very black coatings for equipment that was being sent into space to measure very, very faint objects. And so a problem Whoa. they were having at that time. Yeah, crazy, NASA. So, very crazy. I know, NASA stuff. I, I was making paintings of weebles. Yeah, Jason was painting. Weebles? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Weebles, like the Hasbro toy from the 70s. So I was also doing groundbreaking. Groundbreaking, <laughs> transcendent work. But um, I remember, you know, we were, you know, his, his class was great, learned a lot, had some beers. Yeah, it but... actually was It actually was sanctioned through the Museum of Fine Arts. That's right, yes. Cool. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Very cool. Shout out MFA. Yeah, people used to go to the museum to find and pay money to find out where to meet me at a bar yeah. so I could teach them how to draw. It was That's a pretty good the dream. That's awesome. Yeah. It was worth every penny. It was <laughs> it was Learned not bad. It was not bad. So um so we were working on this project and the main problem NASA was having was their equipment was reflecting some of the very, very precious starlight that was being collected and measured for these very faint exoplanets, which are these very faint very faint planets that are hovering other stars that they're trying to see and uh, gather information from. And the stars that these planets were uh, orbiting around were, um, or these planets were orbiting around, were too faint to be measured without the stars being blocked off by something. And so that all that starlight that they were collecting was very precious, and so they needed to have equipment that wasn't reflecting any of it internally and therefore losing it to background noise. So their signals were very, very delicate. So they needed yeah. this black coating to coat some of their very delicate instruments so that they could get really strong signal. Yeah. And that's what we were working on. And at that point, we were making very little of it. We were making, I don't know, not not anything that would be useful to an artist, like 20 milliliters. We're making very little amount. Well, I, and I can even remember when when I first met you and you were in those, in those classes, you didn't really describe it. You just said it was yeah. that you worked with carbon nanotubes. Yeah. Move on. Yeah, it was. Because everyone yeah. in the art world at that time, everyone at the art world at that time, we'd already all known about carbon nanotube black and that we couldn't get it. Yeah. Um, so I really had <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, but I had no idea what Colin was really talking about until man, how long? Later it was, was like it? Last July 2016, right? So was it a year later? It was like a year later. So yeah. a year later, I get an email from Colin basically saying, "Hey, you should come up to the laboratory and see some stuff." And I kind of thought maybe that he was talking about the blackest material on Earth. <laughs> um, but as soon as I sat, yeah, but as soon as I sat down at the table, um, he had about three or four samples laid out of it and I knew exactly what I was looking at. I was looking at carbon nanotube coating. And I, I remember, I think he specifically asked, like, are you interested in using this? I was like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, and then that, that basically started the Black Iron Ursa project, which yeah. is what you were discussing in your podcast about blackest blacks and that was that was really exciting for us jason premiered that at his studio and it got a lot of press coverage and then after that yeah. we just had this wave of interest from artists all over the world i mean i wish that we had a map 
to stick a pin in to see who's asked about this. I'm yeah. Sure we'd hit almost every country. Almost every point. country. So the interest. Yeah, it's really it was, exciting. It was very exciting. So the other thing that I really wanted to build into it was, I mean, I had options um, because until I got here, the laboratory and Colin, they didn't know if you could brush it on. They they didn't quite know all the different ways that it could be applied. And so I could have done my experiments and tests with it and waited a few months to release it. But um, it was actually the first weekend of just sitting and thinking about what I had set, set in front of me. And I made a decision very, very early on that I wanted to launch a piece as quickly as possible and, you know, kind of squish this entire issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, so I had a cast iron gummy bear sculpture that I'd already done and the carousel. And I always liked that just on its, on its own, that piece flipped the whole gummy thing on its head because, you know, instead of being small and jewel-like, it was incredibly large, heavy, and solid. And so mm-hmm. I already liked its functionality then. But when I had the opportunity to make it actually swallow light like that, yeah. um, I, I, I was like, yeah, we got to launch this right now. And I didn't know it, but that, that really brought the whole piece, you know, together. Definitely. And so, and so the piece launched quickly and, um, you know, I was able to spread and talk, um, to everyone about like, Hey, this is now available. Like, yeah, I'm the first one to use it, but in no way am I exclusive or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I immediately did is as the momentum started to build and the attention was happening, I was coming up here to the lab and working in my own studio about what materials it could work on, what right. uh, techniques I could use to control it, mask it, uh, all that kind of stuff. So the whole slew of the first pieces that I made in the first month are, uh, I'm very proud of them, but they're like, uh, they're pretty experimental of just trying to figure out how to c- even control it as an art medium. Starting maybe about two months ago, I would say that those, those, <laughs> th- those pieces are all now set and, um, the next works that are coming out are the actual, like, those are going to be the pieces that really, really hit the hit the throttle on um, on what this stuff can do. Especially, um, Dr. Preston has also developed. Uh, there's now a a lower temperature version because the original version for NASA, you have to. It's got a binder in it that you've got to bake out at 600 degrees or 300 Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, 300 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So that was one of the limitations. Is, is yeah. Jason jumped in when this was a really technical material, yeah. and so we were coding a lot of metal parts. Yeah. Um, you know, not a lot of, like, ceramic bears were being sent into space at that time, so we really didn't have, you know, we're mostly aluminum parts, you know. Yeah. Um, so Jason kind of jumped in when the materials really meant for optics communities and for, you know, yeah. technical parts. And so it was kind of exciting to have an artist in the lab using our tube furnaces. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, kind of unprecedented. And so since then, it's launched this whole new effort to really cater new materials that are more versatile and easier to apply than the first iteration of Singularity Black. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm definitely proud to announce now that we have a paint that can be applied on wood. It can be applied on canvas. Yeah. Jason's working on an oil painting that uses nanotube-based paints entirely. Yeah. Um, we have fabric and textiles that demonstrate this paint on clothing and different types of wow. materials yeah. that are really tremendous. So oh, the future is really bright, and we're really excited about where this is going. Oh, yeah, that's why it's so fun to talk to you guys. Is we're going to be able to talk for the first time about some of these works that I'm going to be rolling out mm-hmm. in, sort of an March, in March and April, but like very specifically um, in 
Boston Design Week in April, there's going to be one thing that we're developing is uh, we can put it on vinyl now, re- removable vinyl. And so um, yeah. I actually will be able to. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the surface will be tough enough that I can roll it up. But it's okay if I won't mm-hmm. be able to roll it up. Mm-hmm. Actually, as a demo, when people people are there for Design Week, I will open yeah. a box. I will pull out like the coyote in the cartoons. I will pull out a <laughs> hole and slap it, and I will slap it on the wall. Like, it'll look like a tunnel. And it's going to look like a tunnel on the wall. <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah, the expansion of the new materials into, uh, like I said, canvases and things like that. Another thing that I'm going to be unveiling with the, uh, uh, I'm collaborating with an, another local artist who helped me design and actually she stitched together a dress. Uh, we're going to be unveiling the blackest black, uh, the blackest little black dress on earth. Yeah. <laughs> So every single fold, everything, all you're gonna see is the silhouette. Um, sort of insane, actually. It's gonna be completely. Really? Insane. Is that like a little demo? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if, if Jason sent you the photo that we have of the vanishing point, which is like the disappearing head little thing that we have going in the lab. Yeah. It's crazy. We have this black background that we coated in canvas, and mm-hmm. superimposed on that is a hanging canvas circle that's yeah. also coated in singularity black. Yeah, so a 12-inch circle floats about three feet in front of this two-foot-by-two-foot right. two square, mm-hmm. and when you stand between it, it looks like your head disappears. Yeah, you can't Ooh. see a shadow. You can't yeah. see a contrast around the right. edges. It's yeah. really... And so that's the, so that's the first sort of rough draft. It's, it's like a study of a piece that I'm calling the vanishing point that we have mounted right up here in the laboratory office. And, um, that's going to be developed into a full blown art piece that I'll be hopefully unveiling also at design week. The next thing that's happening is the pieces are going to be pretty much unlike anything anyone has seen before because of the properties of singularity black. That's, that's the next thing that I really want to pieces to do is, um, is make things that could only exist because they're so void of light. But not only that, too, is every single artist that contacts us every week and comes up with their own ideas, and I workshop with them or just see what they're doing, it's exciting to, to also see what other artists are, are going to be doing with it and some people, what they're making in their studios with it right now. So it's really, the, the Colin and I were talking about it last week, and one of the thoughts that we're just kind of having about it is we're really looking at singularity as, a, as an, what are we saying, an invitation Creative invitation. It's, it's like a creative invitation. When there's a brand new... Open door policy here. Yeah. Well, when there's a brand it. new, like, literally yeah, a brand... In. Yeah, come on in. Don't take the take <laughs> off. <laughs> but, like, literally when there's, when, like, there's a brand new art-making material. Like, this isn't just an... It's not an innovation. It is a completely at the ground level of brand new paint. Right. It's not, it's not an acrylic. It's not an oil. You know, for me, it is, it's the most different paint that's been made ever since Van Eyck in the 1400s, you know, basically threw linseed oil and pigment together. Right. It's, sure. um, right. Yeah. Could, I, could you maybe like explain? Cause at least for us, like less sciencey people, I don't understand sure. how this exists. Like, can you maybe explain, like, like yeah, what it is? is? Yeah, this is Let so, me jump in yeah, here. So here's Colin. This is why it's so great. Okay. Well, even when we're, and that's the other cool thing too, when Colin has come out on the road with, on the road. Well, when I, when we're I've on done, the road. When I've done, sh- yeah. when I've done shows and Colin comes with me, even kids, even kids ultimately ask me a question about it where I'm like, uh, I don't know. And Colin's got to answer it. Like, I talk. So anyway, this is not children. This is, this is his wheel. This is his wheelhouse. It, it looks like All right. So, so the way that this works is is actually it's pretty fascinating. So, carbon nanotubes are exceptionally small. They they the width of a carbon nanotube 
is if you took a human hair and split it into like a thousand pieces, one of those pieces would mm-hmm. be about the size of a carbon nanotube. So, you know, you can't see them. Um, and they have a preferable crystalline structure that allows them to absorb light really, really well. But mm-hmm. the important impact factor here is that it's not just the individual carbon nanotubes that impact how light is absorbed. It's also how they're assembled into a larger architecture. So the way that these carbon nanotubes are assembled in this film is they're very light and fluffy, and there's a lot of air, there's a lot of porosity in these films. And so if you have a solid pigment, for instance, some of that light will reflect off the surface because there's, you know, a difference between the air and that particular film. And so due to physics and optics, light will reflect. Mm -hmm. Well, since there's so much air and so much porosity in these films, it's almost like it is air. It may not look it, but it really, in terms of how the light behaves, it behaves similarly as if it was just going straight through, like, you know, a very light, fluffy cloud just goes right in. Mm -hmm. And then once the light penetrates, the carbon nanotubes are able to do their thing and they absorb all that light. And so it doesn't matter what angle you shine it on, how, you know, whether you're looking at heat waves, you know, like infrared, or whether you're looking at UV or visible light, all the light is able to go into the film, and once it's in there, it can't come out, it gets trapped. So you'll see some black, some things are coated black, and you know it's black, but you, 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 you turn it at an angle... And you look at it like at a grazing angle and you'll see some reflection off the surface. You'll see some mm-hmm. glare. With these coatings, there is no glare. It doesn't really matter what no. angle you change the, uh, illuminating light on it. It, it mm-hmm. still absorbs just the same amount. Well, so that's why 3D objects look 2D because yeah. you can't mm-hmm. tell that there's a color gradient. Yeah, and that's well, why rough objects look smooth because they don't, they don't behave any differently because of how rough they are. So it's really strange and disorienting to look at. And it, it does, it, you know, from a science perspective, it's fascinating for us to play around with it and really see how it changes your attitude towards what your eyes see and what your brain perceives. And it, you really don't have enough information sometimes to discern what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had, peop- we've had some demonstrations here that people are like, oh, that's a really cool silhouette picture. Yeah. It's like, no, that's a 3D object. You're not, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a shadow. That's a thing. Yeah. And as a painter, for me, the thing that's interesting, too, is every other black pigment that I've ever picked up, it's a black pigment. It's exactly that. It's the light bouncing back and your brain perceiving it as black. This is the light not bouncing back. That's this crazy. Is, this is yeah. vo- it's, it's void of light and color, which what? is. Uh, yeah. 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 Is, yeah. So Super emo. And so. It's super <laughs> <laughs> but so even on even like as a colorist, one of the so one of the first things that I did over the first few months I was working with it is I dug into the work of Joseph Albers and all of his mm-hmm. color theory and square on square and the history of like you guys have covered in your own show, you know how black has been um, thought about specifically by me, for, you know Saul Witt, um, some painters throughout history because that's at the end of the day I'm an artist and now my career is greatly expanded but my primary love is paint. And painting, and I'll still always, uh, I'll still always make, you know, traditional technique, technically at least, oil paintings. But um, yeah, it's just been so exciting, and so now we're expanding out into new materials. And one of the cooler things that I can also talk about, what was it, three or four weeks ago, I was down at the Yale Yale Art Museum presenting mm-hmm. to the Saul Lewitt Foundation, mm-hmm. and we may we may be collaborating with them to make uh, mm-hmm. a Saul Lewitt as as black as he had always wanted him when he was alive. Wow. Um, 
Just but you know that's in the works. They... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So um, same, same for us. And uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's such an honor. Talk about you know, it's crazy to hear them talk about what they've really been looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, in retrospect, you know, like oh, Soloway would want this. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah. And also too, I mean, one of the things that I always think about too is like if we could get Alexander Calder back for one day, if I, you know, if I could bring him into the lab, and um, I could only imagine one of his uh, mobiles. Um, because yeah. when those when those objects would go in front of one another, they would just bloop, they would just combine into one shape, no mm-hmm. matter if they were two feet apart or six feet apart. Right. So um, yeah, it's definitely been exciting to kind of spread this around, and also too because of the Lewitt project, I had to um, really do a bunch of full on experiments in the laboratory, um, trying oh, to figure yeah. out how to get to stick to a wall. We got and, a lab coat. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, most yeah most of my days I'm <laughs> in the laboratory with these guys and it's just like my my career as an artist has really branched branched off there's a lot of times do you guys ever watch any of you guys ever watch breaking bad Mm -hmm, yes Mm -hmm. oh my god i feel like jesse pinkman almost every day (laughs) that i'm up here like (laughs) are you saying i'm a psychotic murderer is that yeah i hope it's a little less like drug dependence and like murder much Much less, yep. but I tell you what, we are we do. It's make, like Breaking Bad without any meth. Without any meth, <laughs> basically the same thing. Great, but no but, I, but seriously, it, it's like I work with the laboratory is only three, uh, three guys, and I, I swear it's there's been multiple times where it's like I feel like I'm working with three Walter Whites. I really do. It's a great. That's really flattering. <laughs> Isn't that flattering? <laughs> really flattering the hair and the drugs it's really what we're looking for yeah totally no that's like that's really i think refreshing to hear because we talk about this a lot on the show that there tends to be at least socially like this idea that art and science are separate or polar Mm -hmm. opposites even for some crazy reason and it's like they interact so well together and they're they're both very important ways of like understanding Mm -hmm. the world and so seeing like a very specific application of that happening, like artists and scientists working yeah. together, is very exciting. And well, that's so Corey. I can I can say right away that that I totally agree. And frankly, that was something that was a pleasant surprise for me as well, because for the for the most of my career, I've been dealing with scientists, and mm-hmm. and you know that's not you know that's not unrewarding, but it's you know you have like this certain level of expectation, right? I mean, you, we get emails from from scientists that are asking about these nano black coatings, and we just send them a graph, and that's the end, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And now it's all these, you know, what's the context? What's the meaning? What's the message? Yeah. And it's it's all these contextual arguments and this impact and this meaning behind what we're doing that's really rewarding, and it's it's been kind of eye-opening for us to really look at technology in a different way yeah. that that has been really satisfying. So just having, you know, Jason here and been working and talking with a lot more artists, we've, yeah, I've, I've definitely feel like a, yeah. I don't know, like a renaissance as a scientist working, yeah. you know, across the bridge between art and science. Well, you know? and, and we're really going to try and expand on it, uh, specifically even starting this Thursday in my own studio, we're going to have the first of what Colin and I are calling Studio Lab. It literally is just in my studio. We're going to have two coolers of beer, and I'm bringing scientists and artists in the community together mm-hmm. with no with no expectations other than just beer. you know beer <laughs> and people just kind of talking. Great and so of course this some of that for real. <laughs> great. Don't worry, there's beer. Studio Lab. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should probably pick up some wine and pizza too. But. Anyway, um, <laughs> but um, 
No, couldn't hurt. <laughs> but so the first night absolutely is going to be sort of like, you know, Colin presenting NanoLab and, and uh, things like that. But I also want to bring in fabricators and um, makers. Oh, man. In the last six months, I've got to I've got to meet in the community this whole new groundswell of people who call themselves makers. Makers are fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're so they're so cool, and um, they're a wild bunch. They're so wild, and they just want to, <laughs> and they just want to make stuff. Making yeah, things. so they're yeah. making things. It's so. weird to see someone who's an expert in a tool that you've never heard of. Yeah, right. exactly. Wow, I, I feel yeah. six inches tall. Like you're right. better at something I didn't know existed until just now. <laughs> well, that's kind of what you're doing. Yeah, right now. <laughs> But yeah, so like, but, but so I fully intend on now for the rest of my life to to just keep expanding this whole convergence of art, art and science. Here's a good example. Um, I don't think I can say which laboratory yet, but about a month ago, Colin had me be a part of. I uh, just listened in on a conference call. There's a laboratory in the south that has legitimately figured out a surface, a pigment surface that they can energize, and you click a button and it changes color. Like the surface, not oh, yeah. not an emitting color. Yeah, John Reynolds Group. Oh, well, at, there you go. Uh, yeah, no, we can talk. So, John Reynolds Group at Georgia Tech makes yes. a polymer called electrochromic polymers, which change color when you apply a voltage. They change color. So, like not an LED screen, not something that right, emits, so but like color, you're looking at a surface yeah. and it's blue. They click the button for the interface and it's red. Yeah, color changing plastics. So yeah. interesting. So, but, Oh, okay, but here's the thing. So like he's on the phone to like the hundredth degree. Yeah. So he's on the phone with Colin, and I'm listening in, and he goes, "Colin, do you think anyone will find this interesting?" And I like, my jaw went through the floor. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating like, because because a lot of times what I'm finding Probably. is a lot like because there's even some things hidden in the closets up here at NanoLab where scientists make these big projects for big contracts and if they don't go all the way through they're like well no one is really interested in it let's put it away so i'm convinced that not only this laboratory but other laboratories all over the world they've got things hanging out in the closets that if us artists got our hands on them we could change the world of art making forever and so like um so that's kind of that's kind of that's been become a very strong part of my mo um is trying to get colin to introduce me to all of his other laboratory friends and find out what else is hanging out in the closets <laughs> i <laughs> like that in those closets um yeah, Jason. Jason's just in my closet. Like, all the time. Can't keep him away. You just walk in. He's just like rummaging through the closet. Yeah. Like, throwing I pretty much. I pretty much. Colin, where the hell is the science? I know that you're hiding it. But there's, here. there's only just socks, dude. There's it's o- just socks. There's no a- science. <laughs> swear to God. There's only there's only a couple of corners here in the laboratory that I know just to stay away from because of the chemical contents. But yeah, yeah. There's closets. So you don't blow <laughs> shit up. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> your hands but um, like yeah um, i mean like for instance yeah go ahead i was just gonna say um we should take a short break really quick sure and then come back sure. and jump back into this because this is all super fascinating yeah. and uh we'll be right back and we're back talking to jason chase and colin preston about singularity black all right yeah hi where did we leave off what were we chatting uh, about <laughs> i think we were I think we were just talking about um, the other uh, um, the other laboratories and, sci- and science and art convergence. Oh yes, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. The um, so I had a question closets. about <laughs> closets. <laughs> um, I had a question about just the application of this. Like, can you just put it on with like a brush? Like, how do you apply yeah. this material? 
So that's going to be one of the next things that we need to roll out. We've just been all momentum and and just making, making, making. Is We're going to be coming out with some YouTube videos that show some real specifics. But okay. the answer is yes, you can brush it. Um, I recommend spraying it on everything. I, I think that you get a couple clicks blacker on most mm-hmm. surfaces. So yeah. the original version, it brushes, uh, it brushes and sprays on anything that can handle the heat. So, uh, so far we've tested glass, ceramic, metals, every metal under the sun, basically. Um, well, I, as a scientist, I can say that's not true. Okay, well, that's not true. <laughs> okay, wrong. Every, not, not every metal under the sun. Okay, but a lot of metals. Every, every metal. Uh, uh, stainless steel. Stainless steel, aluminum, copper. Aluminum, copper. Zinc. Zinc. That was tricky, but we pulled it off. Uh-huh. Um, we've done, we've certainly done ceramic in all sorts of ways. I mean, in fact, What's really fun is that um, Jason has sort of taken the torch from using a very uh, technical paint and has been exploring other technical materials to yeah. apply it onto. So you can talk a little bit about your 3D ceramic bears that you've been Yeah, there's, well, yeah. So, okay, so to get back to the brushing thing, you can brush it. It's very much like um, – it's very much actually like um, – uh, nail polish, I would say. You need to lay down at least 10 to 12 thin coats, and if you rush it, just like nail polish, if you rush it between coats, you're, you're gonna mess it up. And so, I really think most people are gonna be best off if they spray it, or if they hire the laboratory to spray their stuff for them. The lower temperature stuff, the, the LT, is much more usable. I haven't been able to have much success yet brushing it, except for on... It's a really new material. It's really new. You know. But it brushes beautifully on heavyweight um, watercolor paper, Whoa. which that that is awesome to be that able is. to put it on paper. Mm-hmm. So that that's the stuff that also now can go on vinyls, woods, um, mm-hmm. cloth. But like I said, I, I highly recommend spraying it. But the spraying, as long as you're well ventilated, uh, you don't need anything too fancy. Just a regular yeah. old Badger airbrush. Yeah, we, we try to make. Well. Yeah, we try to make this process as transferable as, as possible. So you know, the original Singularity that rolled out last summer—that's something that we can sell in really small volumes, and yeah. it's very brushable. And you know, you do get a little bit of a tick in blackness when you spray it, but mm-hmm. the amount that you can get for a very—you know—we sell. I think for domestic shipping, it's like fifty dollars for twenty milliliters. You can paint a lot with a brush yeah. application, so, and that's something that's pretty versatile. As long as it can withstand the temperature. It's, it brushes pretty cleanly with the LT, which really you only need like a powerful hair dryer to activate this, right. which is why it's so useful on textiles and on wood and on other sure. things that you can't, you know, light on fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that we recommend to be sprayed right now because this is our, our initial iteration of this paint. And so there's a yeah. lot of properties that make it really nice for spraying, but not so useful for brushing. You can do it, but it takes a little bit of work and, yeah, you know, it's it's not a it's not something you know that's a typical pigment-based you know paint that you get at an art supply store. So right. to do a lot of experimentation might be expensive for some people. So we recommend that you just use the best possible method that we can recommend, which yeah. is spraying right now. But we've gotten great results. Yeah, and also I, I highly recommend to people to test out everything first. Like I felt bad. One of the I can't remember her name, but one artist who was one of the first to get uh, her hands on it. She wanted to coat a glass disc, and um, she used a torch to heat it and a 
it's, it, it, you know, it, it cracked. cracked apart on her. Yeah. Whereas, like, oh, I just wish she would have called and I could have, you know, <laughs> like, told her, don't. Yeah. Do I wish that. we could have had the opportunity to tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> how wrong you are. <laughs> well, so that, well, well, that's the other thing, too, is I really want to recommend to any artist who wants to put it into their work. I offer now what's called Singularity School, where you can come to Boston to my studio and I can train you or we can make your pieces happen. But also, at the end of the day, too, it's, it's Colin and I have tried almost every, I won't say under the sun, but most, <laughs> most, um, most applications that are out there. And so I just plead with artists to at least, call, you know, you know, call, email me. Mm-hmm. And I can anyone give them tips. Done more than we have. Yeah. That's true. Because I can give them tips. And also, too, on the flip side of that is, is the other artists, when they discover something new with it, um, Man, I hope they tell me about it so I can, uh, anything else that gets discovered about it, I want to spread that as quickly as possible. Definitely. Oh, yeah, we, we love following people on Instagram that are using this stuff and yeah. to see what they're coming up with. It's really rewarding. Yeah. So, and that's something, it's a, I just launched a new website, but I need to put the, the final missing chunk is I'm posting uh, what's what I'm calling lab notes, where it's just everything that I learn about using it, I'm posting up there, the successes and the uh, and the failures mm-hmm. um, alike. Just trying to, you know, get as much information and transparency out about, you know, a brand new material as possible. Definitely. Yeah. Um, have you gotten a lot of interest in the Singularity School? We just, I think, my website launched last week. The word oh, of it okay. is, it, it's, okay. it's not even seven days old. It's not even seven days old yet. Gotcha. So, okay. yeah, it's, I feel like we say that all the time. I feel like we're moving so fast yeah. that everything's just a week old. Everything's like a week old. <laughs> yeah. And what's oh, funny, yeah, that came out a week ago. And Colin pointed out to me, I think just two weeks ago, we were only six months deep into this since since uh, the since the premiere, and it, but it feels oh, like God. it's been two years. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. So, which I like that speed. It's almost like as soon as something's done, Colin and I were both just like heads down, what's next, what's next, what's next. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and some things that are in the future. I mean, once we get this all kind of settled, I know that the chemist, he, we also want to get to work on the whitest white. Oh, that's, that's going to yeah. be big. Yeah. So, so how would on one the- make the whitest white? Because that wouldn't be the... Would it, it would, it's a different would material. it follow light? Would it be the absence of light? Like, it'd be, the, it'd be, it would be, would it be, it would be the, it'd be the absence of, it would be the absence of shadow oh, because it would reflect wow. light yeah. the same way no matter how you look at it. Yeah. Gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. And also it'll have zero, it'll have zero hue or tonality to it. So mm-hmm. that's going to be one of the other interesting things. So right now, um, I'm going to finish up the piece on Wednesday. Another thing is, uh, the chemist has made for me the first, um, Tom Morgan. Tom has made for me <laughs> the, fr- the chemist, the chemist Tom. See, now we do sound like Breaking Bad. You can't just throw titles <laughs> like the chemist. But, um, he, he has created for me the first prototype vials of carbon nanotube um, oil paint. And so I'm going to be finishing this Wednesday and premiering it at the studio lab, the uh, the first pieces of carbon nanotube oil paint. And what's interesting about that stuff is it's definitely one of the blacker compared. It is as black as the blackest oil paint that's on the market. It's not nearly as black as what, like, Singularity will do. But here's where it has interest for someone like me that's a painter is it is absolutely pure black. So when you add it to something, it doesn't go blue. It doesn't go red. It doesn't go any. It just goes darker because it's the purest black. It will be the purest black paint on the market. Mm-hmm. So you add it to your red, the red just goes darker. You it add just it to follows the, it. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a funny thing to say, but like when I, when I played with the first samples of it uh, about a month ago in my studio, I mixed it with white and it hit me. I was like, I just made the grayest gray. Like that's one of the most, that's one of the most art nerdy things that has ever passed through my brain. Like, <laughs> but also it's still not the grayest gray because the, the whitest white hasn't been developed oh, yet. Right. So there's a huge, so there's definitely a blue mm-hmm. hue to the, mm-hmm. to like, titanium white and zinc white right. and things mm-hmm. like that. So, right. Right. so that's going to be an exciting product that the lab should be rolling out at some point in the future. Who knows? See, artists, scientists, we can all nerdgasm when we want to. You know, that's yeah. what this is all about. Exactly. For sure. Um, other, other things. So carbon nanotubes are also, carbon nanotubes are also, uh, they conduct electricity. And so there's true. like one really fun thing that happened. Uh, another thing that Tom is developing is an ink. The, uh, about a month ago, also in the lab, he came over with just some regular old printer paper, like out of the printer, and asked me to paint a 10-inch square of this ink, and then we ran current through it. <laughs> like, it's just it's kind of mind-blowing. What did, it, like, what totally did mind-blowing. it do when you did that? Like, what was the reaction? It just, well, it just proved the conductivity. Okay. Mm-hmm. But did, did it, like... Did it well, vibrate I imagine, or like? No, no. Okay. I got a little hot, but I kind of, I kind of enjoy the. <laughs> I wasn't there. I like the, <laughs> but I like the idea that in the future there could be like an illustrated piece on a piece of paper with a battery on one end and like a light bulb on the other. It's oh, kind of amazing. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so yeah, we leave a lot of things open ended here. We don't say no often. So that's a really interesting thing that started to happen. Is is I constantly am coming up with new things uh, and, and prying these guys about them. And I think it was about three weeks ago, I came to Tom with an idea about redoing some sort of like liquid liquid masking or something like that. I don't know, some crazy question that I had. And he, he had this kind of befuddled like look of frustration on him. And he's like, oh, he's like, Jason, the answer is always yes. <laughs> and like, <laughs> it's just, but it's the but is like, how much time and effort it would take to do something like that. <laughs> sure, yeah. Sometimes so, it's $10, sometimes it's $10 million. Dollars. All, all, all three of these guys, it's it's unreal. When it comes to the ideas that I come up with of, like, art materials or things that are possible, they, he was not kidding. The answer is always yes. And, I mean, that that is an incredibly exciting environment to be around. Yeah, it's yeah we got, like, spectrometers and canvases and <laughs> nanotubes and oil paints. It's, what, what, yeah, you have, have no idea what I, you're, you have no idea what half of those are. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like a playground, honestly. It sounds it like is. a lot of fun. Like a, it is. It is. It's a it's ball. It's a creative playground. It really is. Yeah, it really, really is. Yeah, if you guys ever come out to the East Coast, absolutely. It's a playground where zero children are allowed. It's a very exclusive <laughs> playground. <laughs> It is pretty interesting. So when we were developing, when we were first testing out the lower temperature stuff and hitting it with a heat gun, I remember walking around the laboratory looking for an open plug to heat up a test piece. And and Colin reminded me, he's like, just be sure wherever you plug in, you know, look around and make sure that it's, you know, a safe area without any like flammables or something. I did an entire loop around the lab and it was the first time that I'd really looked, looked, looked like that. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me. I was like, holy shit, the lab is an extraordinarily dangerous place. (laughs) And and Colin was just like, yeah, yes, it is. Like, what if I do it in this, in this fume hood with all the acids? There literally is. There's a corner where they they keep most of the acids, and I just call it the death corner. And I just don't go over there. Yeah, smart. Death corner. If if there's a straw, that's like the last thing you want to have. Yeah. We actually, you know, we had some. We've had some. um, 
we've had some fun trying to use just, you know, our iPhones to try to take some content. But we actually had a videographer in here for a little bit to try to do some demos with uh, his schmancy equipment to see, uh, you know, some of the processes. We're, we're unveiling a new piece for, what was it called, the Singularity Pop? Singularity Pop. Yeah. yeah. That cool. So that's another cool thing. Um, so we had him in here to reveal that. And it was great seeing his video camera uh, not be able to focus on the yeah. piece. And it was just <laughs> dilating in and out because yeah, it couldn't <laughs> figure it out because it was too Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Moving in and out. We're like, yeah, your camera sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it doesn't. Like, yeah, dude, get a new camera. <laughs> oh, so those are some other cool things, too, that, that's happening now, though, that Singularity has been able to open the doors with. is um, So, like, the Singularity pop piece, if you go online and look, you'll see a black silhouette of a human figure. That's a, It's a, a female form with a Molotov cocktail. It references some of my earlier paintings, and paintings that I'm currently working on, too. But anyway, that shape of the human being is actually, it's the most advanced uh, laser-cut stainless piece of metal on Earth. There's another lab, uh, fabrication yeah. lab here called uh, Fabtron. Yeah, we use them a lot to do custom yeah. metal. Mm-hmm. And so I... metal pieces, and, yeah. and Jason had a very extravagant design. Yeah. Like, oh, let's send you to the guys that we use. Yeah. So basically, I approached them with it. I was like... I hear that you laser cut steel metal shapes. I want to laser cut, you know, a human figure. Yeah. And they're like, that's impossible. It's too complex. Like they could do compound curves. They could do gears and parts, but mm. they, they were just like, nope, nope. And so I just kept prying and kept prying. Good. And after about a month and a half, yeah, right? <laughs> and after about a month and a half, I got a phone call from them. They're like, basically, holy shit, we did it. <laughs> and so that's another th- that's another thing that I, that I can confidently like lay out is these laser cut pieces are only they are only now possible because of my work right. you know and that that it, it's kind of amazing to see something like that come to come to fruition because I always remember hearing about um what's his name Richard Serra mm-hmm. so like you know Richard Serra and the, the tilted arcs mm-hmm. so Richard Richard Serra had these crazy ideas that he would go to like the they were boat boat hull manufacturers. Uh, and he actually pressed that industry so hard that they developed new techniques because of how what he was pressing. And I always thought that was amazing. And to, for me to get a phone call one day where I was like, holy crap, I just did something very similar to that. It was like, that's just, it's been a pretty, pretty interesting change in my career. Definitely. And it also, it also opens up some other doors too. So like one of the things that I just released is a series of six small purses. They're like the bear, but mm-hmm. they've been 3D printed and uh, they've been 3D printed. They're two and a half inches long mm-hmm. in like a series of six of them that are available. And then they're coated in black and on a small carousel. And ceramic 3D printing is still, it's extremely rare. Of course, in five years, it'll probably be much more prevalent, but it's pretty hard to. to well, I would say 3D printing in general is, is really, I mean, you, you've yeah. probably read a lot about how 3D printing is, you know, you can have a little personal 3D printers everywhere. Right. Now, now they're starting to really, especially in the technical sphere, they're really starting to erupt yeah. into new materials that you can print. Now exactly. there's, there's a few companies in Boston alone that can 3D print metals. Metals. And they're starting to are, I can't transform wait to manufacturing, you know, paradigms. It's really interesting what they can do now. But because of Singularity, it was a pretty fun phone call. It's this company out of Nebraska called Tethon. And I was on the phone with them. Nebraska and, and fun in the same sentence, yeah. Jason. <laughs> yeah. You did it. Go Cornhuskers. Go Cornhuskers. Uh, no, um, boo, boo. <laughs> I've got an Iowa girl. I'm from Iowa. I, uh, I'm pretty vehemently anti-Cup Cornhusker. 
go. So the corn rivalry is like intense. The corn rivalry. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Drink I was in I was in Iowa once, and the ride from the Des Moines airport to the Ames uh, campus was just the most incredible like journey I've ever been on, where it was just <laughs> corn for hours. <laughs> For hours, it, it was like the Twilight Zone. It is. I, seriously, it's it really in was. It's way, though. It's like it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous, yeah. dimple, and I'm like, but I'm like, what is happening? Like, where <laughs> am I? This is unbelievable. I thought like I was like in a rotary where they're just driving me in a circle, like I was kidnapped <laughs> and like lose my sense of direction. And then I just arrived at campus. I'm like, uh, where? What was this next to the airport the whole time? <laughs> Oh, oh my God. Is What's happening? Yeah, I, like, I thought I was going to wake up. It was amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Great state. Great state. Great state, though. Anyways, so these guys are too fun. Sorry, that was a huge... It's all good. Yeah, it was a huge tangent. But anyways, so when I when I first started to talk to them, I, I you know I was verifying that they really do ceramic printing. I was like, "Do you guys work with artists?" They're like, "Eh." And basically, I said, "Well, let me tell you about what I'm working on," and started to talk about singularity. And within an instant, they'll be like, "Yeah, we we want to work with you." Like it opens doors. Like it's it's pretty totally. It's pretty fun. Well, you said that you heard them like kind of like scurry off. Oh yeah, they like scurried. Like put the phone down. You could hear them like saying something. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> It's totally fun. And the next thing I know, the next thing I know, we were printing something within the next few days. But like, yeah. 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 And I'm about to roll out a new piece that it's, um, man, so on a podcast, you guys must have this all the time of having to describe art. That's mm-hmm. kind of our like, job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one's going to be even more hard. But, um, okay. So have you guys ever seen the image of the, um, the Mussolini head? It's basically that, oh, yes. that optical Here illusion. Oh yeah. Of the of the of the face face. Mm-hmm. Ever since I started working with this, I was like, people, you know, would come up to me and say, you know, something like that would be really cool, and I like that idea as well. So what I've actually done is sort of flipped that idea on its head, and in about a month, I'm hoping that it's done. It's actually sitting right here at my desk. Um, yep. Is basically I have 3D printed the negative space around my head. And when these two pillars rotate in the same direction, in the negative space between the two pillars, you will see the image of my head rotating. Whoa. It sounds really... That yeah. sounds trippy. Yeah. 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 It's super trippy. Well, what's really trippy about it is right now it's uncoated. Yeah. So you can see all the texture in the pillars that allow the void space, like the negative space image, to kinetically rotate like it's Jason's head rotating in the middle. But you can see all the texture in the pillars because it's just a ceramic right now. But once it's coated in singularity, you won't detect that texture. It will just look like something in the middle is just animating. Yeah. Like a a negative space animation is basically what I've figured out. And so the other cool part is, is this is the first, this is the first one that I've done, but the method that I figured out how to do it, it's definitely repeatable and expandable. I'm hoping to really make some more pieces, you know, maybe not even necessarily portraits, but like, yeah, that piece is going to be, and, and again, like I said, really rolling out pieces that can only exist because of like this piece couldn't exist without three dimensional ceramic printing and it also couldn't work as well as it does without singularity black on it right so like that's really the direction of the new works is things that things that embrace the the void black quality well what it does is just i mean 
you know, I'm not an artist, and but I can at least appreciate this confluence of extreme innovation in the artistic sense and extreme innovation in the technical sense. Yeah. So he's working with two apex-type technologies to create something that can't be created with yeah, any variation of that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it really is that, you know, you talk about, you said earlier, the bridge between art and science. I mean, yeah. Really, that's where we're working on right now. Is, right. At least that's what Jason's right. working on right now. It's really exciting to exactly. see that kind of come into full form. Well, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, I've had these thoughts, and, and I remember, like, going through undergraduate and even graduate, learning uh, art history and looking at all of the different philosophical you know, shifts throughout uh, art history and time, and you get all the way up into postmodernism. And just because everything has been done and done and done, and Mm -hmm. so many barriers have already been broken, and also we're just Mm -hmm. such a cynical world. Like, Mm -hmm. I I remember, well, I remember very clearly being an undergraduate, just being, like, in my 20s and thinking, like, wow, like, something that could be considered avant-garde is no longer possible. Like, the avant-garde is dead because everything's been done. And it it hit me maybe about two months ago. I was like, I think that I think that there truly is the possibility with these new mediums and technologies. Definitely. I think the avant-garde can absolutely make a, make a screaming return. Yeah, and yeah. I think be, that's a very postmodern just mentality, like, right. you know, God yeah. is dead. Art is dead. It's all dead. Like, just very. Yeah. Like I think. I think that was just the the overall idea. Is like we did everything, and right. everyone collectively just accepted that for a while. Right. But I agree. Yeah, exactly. Right now, I think there's a huge resurgence of people yeah. doing really new, interesting things that we didn't think could be done. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Exactly. I totally agree. And so, to to me, to in any way be a part of that, it's just so exciting. And it's like, you know, I've fallen in love with, you know, art has, and specifically painting has always been my favorite thing on this earth. And like, it's like to fall in love with it even harder. And to now not only just be a painter, but to legitimately consider myself like an artist and creator and possibly someone who can like hold a door of technology open and usher in other artists. It's like, Mm -hmm, it's extremely, extremely exciting. Yeah, definitely. So, I love uh, I love the communal like aspect of all this. This right. idea of it being this like, yeah. collective thing. Like, let's all right. explore it's not this like medium. Bias totally. It, yeah, I love it. it. Yeah, it it can't be because that's the other thing is like I know for a fact there's going to be people make works who are making works right now with this medium and other mediums that I hope to be a part of in the future that other artists could think of that I couldn't possibly fathom. And so it's, you know, it's, it has to be spread. Uh, a lot of the makers that I've talked to about this, they, they, they keep using the word like open source. And I like that. I like those kind of terms. That's a really, you know, that's like a that really familiar too. territory for uh, scientists is that phrase open source. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, this, this ability to provide art materials for everyone and to really have this collaborative environment. I mean, that's something that's also rare, honestly, yeah. in the science field too, because you have, publications for journals where they're not open access you need to subscribe in order to have access to new innovations and you often have people keep their technology really close to the vest in order to prevent mm-hmm. competition from right, yeah. overtaking them and and so yeah. that that type of competition in the technical sense is we're not unfamiliar to that as well so to have kind of a joint goal to not just you know we're not going to give away all of our secrets of course but to make the technology available yeah. And definitely. to have it be as communal as we can has definitely been really rewarding and, and in line with what we thought of initially. I mean, when this was even before the premiere, yeah. you know, just having 
you're just kind of having an initial brainstorm of, oh, my God, like, where are we going to take this? Yeah. I mean, the first yeah. ideas right. were like, we're going to give it to everyone. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> give it to the world. <laughs> yeah, and all, yeah, exactly. So, and, you know, it does, it does have limitations to it. I mean, like, you know, even if you're – like uh, if all you work with is uh, watercolors and acrylics, and you're and you're sensitive to fumy things, like this medium isn't for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And is it cheap? The answer is no, it's not cheap. So like, it, but it is where it, what it is right now, you know. And um, it is, it's only going to get better. From what I noticed, though, like it's definitely not cheap, like you know, just buying acrylic paints or oil paints. But it is like right. in the realm of affordability. It's right. not like unbelievably expensive. I agree. Yeah, I we agree. Do our, we're it's, doing our best to make it that way in order to like you know purpose it in a way where people can experiment with it, get to know it without breaking the bank. Yeah. And so yeah. we're, I think we're at least there. Um, but I mean, the nature of this technology is it's not, you know, it's a technology. You know, this is something that, you know, even the art materials that are being used right now, they're being rolled out for artists, but they're being considered and incorporated into the optics and commercial space. I mean, they're not exclusive art materials. These are still technically viable materials. I mean, if I'm going to get really, like, technical with you, they absorb way out into the infrared. You know, like, the wave, the the band gap of wavelengths that they absorb is useful in the technical spectrum. They're they're still Mm -hmm. really useful. But they look awesome. So we want to make them available to artists, too. Yeah, yeah. So before we wrap up here, what do you guys do other than work with the Black is Black? What what else are you guys into? Well, I still drink beer. Still, <laughs> still drink beer. Keep that tradition alive. Um, I mean, Jason and I hang out. Like, I live in Boston. Jason's in Somerville. So, yeah. you know, we are. Uh, I mean, I'm still devastated by the Patriots' loss. So that's fun. I was actually in Philadelphia last weekend, and so I got oh. to see every single billboard congratulating me. Shoving it in my face. That was fun. Um, yeah. I'm an avid sports fan, uh, you know. I draw, so I'm an artist too. He draws. I draw. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. That's no, good. Yeah, Jason. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, and I pretty much just, I, I, God, I pretty much just do the art thing. I'm pretty shallow. That's not true, man. <laughs> you like rage music in here? You would think that you're like, honestly, we play a lot of music in here, and so when I interviewed here, um, Tom was rocking Mars Volta, uh, ah! in the Comatorium. And so I remember interviewing, and they're talking about, like, spectrometers and stuff. And meanwhile, it's, like, some hardcore screamo Mars Volta. I'm like, yeah, yeah, nice. science, great. Who's playing Mars Volta right now? Because this is amazing. Like, this and they're is like, you're in. You're hired. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're hired. You know who Mars Volta is. So, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of funk. We've been going through a lot of funk lately. That's kind nice. of been my Good move. Yeah. Like, lettuce, Wolfpack, yeah. new master sounds. And we've had... And we've asked and that shit. And we've had their podcast on in the laboratory. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, so your guys' voices are still You guys' voices. No. <laughs> that's oh, been also kind of fun, too. So here in Boston, in the, what's called the Soa District, there's a, that's where all the art galleries are. Soda Sofa. Soda Sofa. Yeah. Um, they, they have First Fridays. <laughs> and that was nice. pretty fun a few months ago to take all the guys from the lab down there and get them exposed to the art community here. Totally. First and, Fridays and are always so fun, like mm-hmm. regardless yeah. of the city. Just a good time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's been kind of fun teaching teaching the guys here at the lab about uh, about the arts and things like that. Yeah, yeah it's certainly been a, uh, a merging of worlds. It's been pretty wild introducing Jason to science and he's introducing us to art. Yeah. Oh, my I God, love we know it. nothing about 
Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. crazy. But other than that, I, I, I still absolutely like consider myself an oil painter, mm-hmm. and so I'm constantly working on the oil paintings and showing. Right. Um, oh, I'm building a hot rod. That's interesting about Yeah, me. that's pretty cool. That I'm is interesting. Yeah, so my studio's got a 1930 Model A Ford in it that I'm um, that I'm turning into a hot rod. That's God, who knows? Cool. It'll, it'll probably take a couple years. So yeah, I've always been into cars. My dad got yeah, me yeah. into into cars and hot rod culture when I was a kid. So it's gonna be like a traditional like tr- traditional in the sense like it'll look like a hot rod that was put together in the early 60s, late 50s, mm-hmm. with like a uh, with like a flathead out of a 53 Ford. And, so that's kind of fun. And I got a, I have an adorable little dog. That's about Aww. it. <laughs> What's your pupper's name? It's May. She's a little May. um she's a little Sato rescue from Puerto Rico. She's a um Oh, nice. Yeah, she's a little cocker spaniel. She's adorable. That's right, ladies. Mm-hmm. Jason's a dog rescuer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, before we wrap up, any any last words on uh on singularity? Anything else? We didn't get to that uh, you'd like to share? Yeah, no, just like everyone who's interested in it, um, go to jasonchase.com. Feel free to email me or call in at the lab. Um, yep. I love answering questions. It may take me a couple of days to get back to you, but the, the amount of transparency and willingness to talk about this stuff, we, yeah, everything. If, if, we, right. if we don't get back to you, it's just a matter of time. That's all it is. Yeah. But yeah. I would say tune in to April 14th and oh, yeah. see what we're rolling out for Design Week. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nuts. It's going to really yeah. be kind of paradigm shifting, exciting. Yeah. So April, yeah. So April 14th at Laconia Gallery in South Boston, we're going to be rolling out, you know, the the cartoon style black hole, um, mm-hmm. the dress, the oil paintings. What else? Oh, Some drywall. It's on drywall. Oh yeah, petri oh, yeah. dishes. We, a lot of we, petri dishes. We found out very quickly. Like artists, like freaking love peach things in petri dishes. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's totally true. It, we we had an artist come and visit here the other day. And we sent her away with some samples. I was like, let me get some Petri dishes. And she goes, ooh, Petri dishes. And I just looked over at Colin, and I just saw him, like, shaking his head. It's like Petri dish artists, I don't know what it is, but we love them. I have to admit it. I love them, too. Like okay. monkeys and bananas <laughs> and artists in Petri dishes. We just love <laughs> them. Like, love them. love them. So anyway, so that's going to be happening, the release of the dress. And um, I really want Ames on there. If anyone's listening to the podcast, I would love to see the dress after the uh, premiere go on a red carpet on someone. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, um, really cool. Right? We would Don't you think? That, too. that would yeah, be yeah. So, I was actually wondering about that. So, it, what, like, what would the material feel like? Like, is it a really heavy dress, or is it? Well, like... so it's definitely. No, it's it's no, it's not going to be heavy. That's for certain. So it's gonna. You don't really want to rub on it. It's it, it is at this point. I would call it's definitely in the art piece category. It's it's like it's an art. It's, it's a, a piece show of piece, art. baby. A show piece. Sure. Yeah, it's a show piece. They need to technically work on it a little bit more before they're exactly rolling yeah. out like Armani suits with it. Yeah. But the thing is, is I absolutely once I started to think about okay, now it's time to come out with pieces of artwork that really express what it is to be void of light. One of the most iconic things out there absolutely is the little black dress and so um uh, i 100% wanted to make that happen as quickly as possible um i don't look at it as like my entry into fashion although i don't know maybe who knows what the future is this time this time last year i was just making some weeble paintings right um I love my weevil paintings. They're it's, awesome. It's, it's funny to phrase Don't it. It's really the funny. They're no, no, no. Awesome. It's really funny to phrase it that way. Um, but anyways, so um, I really look at it as like, you know, 
It's an art piece expressing what is possible in the future. And um, we're going to be doing a mo- I'll be doing a model shoot with that to do the PR release. But on April for Design Week, it's going to be on a dress form. And so we're not selling dresses here at NanoLab just yet, but hopefully maybe no, someday. it's We'd definitely someday. Yeah, hopefully someday, right? Yeah. But um, we, we have had some very yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah, the art <laughs> history babes would totally model your little black dresses. That'd be great. <laughs> is anyone, any of you guys a size four? It's a <laughs> that's a delicate question. I'm sure. Is it? That is, oh, God, that was a really stupid question. What happened? Well, that's a size four, Jason. You're fine. No. I was just thinking, um, I think that could work. Yeah. Yeah, we, we could, could make work. that work. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we could get you, well, we could definitely get you guys some very, very cool PR photos in it. That would be fun. That would yeah. be yeah. so just, dope. Yeah. We're so mad. Your head, like your head, to just float in yeah. space. That's yeah. that's what you can. Yeah, do. you guys just have to get out. Very get out to Boston. Those are the next two things on my docket. Oh, also, too. Okay, so this is big. Over the next year, anyone who makes pieces in Singularity, I'm encouraging them to um, submit to me. I'm going to be putting together in early 2019 is probably when it's going to happen. The first, I'm going to be curating the first show of collected works made in Singularity Black. And not only, and not only that, the laboratory. So I'm out, I'm now officially the, um, inaugural, um, uh, artist in residence, uh, with NanoLab here. The, the pro, there's going to be a prize attached to the Singularity Show where the CEO here at NanoLab uh, has agreed to, right now we're thinking it's going to be around $20,000 in goods and services, uh, through the laboratory to basically a winner of, um, you know, uh, basically a singularity grant winner Mm -hmm. is going to happen. So that's actually a big thing. That's uh, huge. Yeah. So artists who want to consider making it. Yeah. And also to be a part of the very first collective show with, you know, alongside with two or three of my pieces, that kind of thing. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want just the first show to be the, the Jason Chase show. Although, although if anyone out there would like to do that, I'm more than, I'm more than willing. Yeah, throw it out there. I am looking for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm totally – I would love to find some California venues in 2018. So Yeah, absolutely. definitely. That's, that's on the radar. Totally. Yeah. But, yeah, other than that, just working, 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 working. Right. Yeah. Nice. It's all very, very exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah, and appreciate all the, the time. New frontier of of art. Yeah, and we appreciate <laughs> you guys coming on and explaining it to us because oh, I yeah. definitely have a much better understanding of oh, uh, of how yeah. this works now. Before I was just yeah. like, it's just well, it's like this really dark black. It's like it's, black. <laughs> it's really black. It's so black. It's just so so well, black. Well, that's been that's oh, black. Oh my god, that's what was so, so black. <laughs> that's what was so. Un- that was, that's what was so unfortunate about it being under wraps for so many years is there's all these mythological things about it. And it's just like, right. no. Like, what's really there and other fun things too. Two or three of the events that I've had here in Boston, there's this one guy who's shown up to at least two of them with a high powered with a high powered LED oh flashlight. And he just like, he'll walk <laughs> oh, right up to the piece uh, and he just shoves it right on it. So he's like fun. and he's like, I can see that. I'm like, Yeah, it's not mythological. He's <laughs> got a badge. Fascinating. He just shows up, shows up with his LED flashlight oh. and blasts oh, and blasts the black works. That's hilarious. Like, yeah. It's not the guy going to the wrestling. It's all fake. Oh, right. <laughs> it's like, you have to like break his heart every time. It's like, no, it's not actually a black hole. It's not actually a black right. hole. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, that's too funny.
Well, we will have all of Jason's information on our show notes for y'all if you want to look into that, as well as links to all our stuff. You know how that goes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Jason and Colin, for coming on the show. Thank yeah. you, guys. You guys are a blast. Yeah, really this is super fun. Oh, <laughs> thanks, ladies. You guys, you guys are a lot of fun, too. We'll invent we'll invent something new, and we'll be back on in a few weeks. Yeah, now you've been <laughs> back on the show. Fantastic. We should definitely make a, a rendezvous happen in the future. Like, if you guys are on the West Coast oh, yeah. or if we're on the East yeah. Coast, absolutely. we'll hang out. That. Let's make that happen. Yeah, let's make that definitely. happen. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Yeah, yeah. thanks, guys. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. From Cabernet to Montmartre, they're here to play the art history base. It's like Breaking Bad without any mess. Without any mess. <laughs> Basically the same thing. The Art History Babes podcast is made possible by support from our lovely listeners via Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes to help keep the Art History Babes going and for access to bonus content.